Thanks for listening to this sermon podcast from Pleasant Hill Baptist Church in Somerset, Kentucky. Please make sure to visit us online at phbcsomerset.com. The question I want to ask this morning and answer as well is, are you ready to get real with God? In my experience, I've learned that God works a couple of different ways. Uh, Number one, God shows up when we take our mask off, just like the kid in the Spider-Man outfit. When he felt comfortable enough, he took his mask off, and everybody was amazed. But when God shows up, uh, he he shows up when we take our mask off, and uh, he responds to an honest and broken heart. And really, that's sort of what happened to Job. I mean, we've been going through the book of Job for the past six weeks, and Job was hurting Uh, He was frustrated. He didn't understand what was going on, why why it was happening, and he just wanted God. He had talked to friends. He had heard all of these debates and discussions, and he just wanted God to show up. And he was, uh, uh, you know, he he had that encounter with God. Uh, His mask came off. Sometimes God shows up, and then the mask falls off. Um, And that's what happened with Job's friends, and we'll get into that in a little bit. He exposed the issue that was in their heart. Um, But the story of Job surprises us, particularly the ending, which is what we're going to look at today. Uh, A lot of questions that we wonder, like, where is God when Job needs him? What took so long for God to show up? Or is Job really innocent? Is there something we don't know that he's hiding? Um, even Job's friends uh, assume that Job is guilty of some secret sin. So we have all of these questions that are out there that are lingering. I want you to look in your Bibles in Job 42, beginning in verse 7. Job 42, verse 7. After the Lord had finished speaking to Job, he said to Eliphaz the Temanite, I am angry with you and your two friends, for you have not spoken the truth about me as my servant Job has. Now take seven bulls and seven rams, go to my servant Job, and offer a burnt offering for yourselves. Then my servant Job will pray for you. I will surely accept his prayer and not deal with you as your folly deserves. For you have not spoken the truth about me as my servant Job has. Then Eliphaz the Temanite, Bildad the Shuhite, and Zophar the Namathite went and did as the Lord had told them, and the Lord accepted Job's prayer." Now, I don't know about you, but as this story unfolds, particularly the ending, we're confronted with an unexpected ending. Have you ever been uh, uh, reading a good book and you get to the end, you're like, well, I didn't see that coming. Or if you're the movie person, I'm the book person. If you go to a movie and it's really, really good and you get to the ending and you're like, hmm, not quite what I was hoping for. But uh, here you get to the end of Job and you're like, wow, God shows up. He validates Job, but he does deal with Job's attitude. And then he turns to Job's friends and says, y'all aren't right either. And all of a sudden you're like, wow. So Job, God speaks with Job and corrects his attitude. In other words, Job's actions were right, but his perspective was wrong. And then God speaks to Job's friends and rebukes them for misrepresenting God. He commands them to offer a burnt offering. Well, what do you do? He's God. 
And so that's what they do. Over and over, he says, uh, my servant Job, go to my servant Job. My servant Job will pray for you. So notice how God is piling up the affirmation. He's calling Job my servant one, two, three times. And then he commands his friends. He says, I'm angry with you. And he rebukes them for misrepresenting him. And then he commands Job to pray for his friends. Wow. You know, that almost reminds me of when I was a kid and me and some friends were playing. I was at my granddad's house and all of a sudden, you know, kids, you know, they get into it. We got into it and my granddad didn't know who did what. So he said, y'all come here. And we all had to hug and we had to apologize. And, you know, you're about this tall and you're like, ah. And I remember that. And uh, here is God and he's dealing with Job and he's dealing with, uh, with his three friends and he's, he's, he's handling all of them here. He's giving them all a test. He's telling the friends, you are wrong. You've misrepresented me. You need to go, you know, give a burnt offering. And then he tells Job, I want you to pray for your friends. Now, after all the stuff they had said to him, depending on your personality, that could be a challenge. That could be hard to do. But that's what God wanted Job to do. And notice it says that the Lord, in verse 9, the Lord accepted Job's prayer. So in the end, everybody did what God told them to do. The friends offered a burnt offering. Job prayed for his friends. And it says the Lord accepted Job's prayer. And then in verse 10, after Job had prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes and doubled his previous possessions. All his brothers, sisters, and former acquaintances came to him and dined with him in his house. They sympathized with him and comforted him concerning all the adversity the Lord had brought on him. Each one gave him a piece of silver and a gold earring. So the Lord blessed the last part of Job's life more than the first. He owned 14,000 sheep and goats, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 female donkeys. And if you were following in chapter 1, you'll notice that that's double what he had in Job chapter 1. And then it says he also had seven sons and three daughters, and he names his three daughters. And it says no women as beautiful as Job's daughters could be found in all the land, and their father granted them an inheritance with their brothers. And Job lived 140 years after this and saw his children and their children to the fourth generation. And then Job died old and full of days. I'm glad I finally know how old old is. It's 140. I don't guess anybody's there yet, right? But uh, at any rate, you look here, and yes, it has a happy ending, but let's be honest, sometimes there's not a fairy tale ending. Sometimes in life we want that great ending, and it may or may not come. But let's look at what we can learn from Job. What I want to specifically answer uh, this morning is this question. Are you ready to get real with God? And I want to give you three questions to help you uh, have a shift in your thinking about God. Just like Michael Jr. said, he had to make a shift from giving people to laugh rather than just getting laughter. Well, you and I have got to make a shift in our thinking when it comes to God. And the first question is this, will I release control to God? You know, as you go through this story about Job, Just remember that Job didn't understand what was happening. 
Uh, matter of fact, even now it amazes me as we, we read the very end of Job and we're waiting for a punchline that never happens. And what do you, you might say, well, what do you mean by that? Well, we read at the very beginning of the book, Job 1 and Job 2, that here is God in heaven, here comes the devil, they have a conversation, and all of a sudden that sets the table for the story. Uh, devil, what are you doing? I'm going to and forth throughout the earth. Well, have you considered my servant Job? He's upright and blameless. He, 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 you know, he, he shuns evil. There's no one else on earth like him. And the devil's like, oh yeah, well, if you'll, take, if you'll let me take everything away from him, he'll curse you to his face. And God says, okay, go ahead, but you can't take his life. And in one day, one day, Job lost it all. All his possessions, his 10 kids all died. I mean, he literally lost it all. And then a second conversation between God and the devil. Because the, after the first conversation, Job loses it all. But what does he do? He worships God. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And in all that was said and done, Job did not blame God. He did not curse God. And so then you have a second conversation with God and the devil. And this time, he's allowed to inflict sores, pain all over Job's body. And still, he doesn't curse God. He doesn't blame God. And then we have the rest of the story with him and his friends and all the discussions and all the debates until finally God shows up. And when God shows up, he doesn't do what you think. You know, if I was writing this story, this would be like the perfect moment, the perfect timing when God says, Job, there's something you need to know. That never happens. It's sort of like this. Do you realize that when Job gets to heaven, he's going to walk in and go, what? What? God, you mean that was the deal? I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't know in, in this lifetime. He finds out when he meets his maker. He never knew about the conversation between God and the devil. It's never mentioned in the book of Job. And yet... That's how we live our lives. We'll have our moments someday when we walk into heaven and we're with the Lord and then we're going to realize, what? I, I had no clue. I, I didn't realize that. And that's exactly Job. But the question that we need to ask to, to make a shift in our thinking is, will I release control to God? You see, when Job met God, he realized that he was out of his league, he was over his head, that God is God and Job was not, and he had to release control to God. And when you and I, when it comes to getting real with God, we have to ask that question, will I release control to God? We, we might think we're in control, but I promise you we are not in control. And even when God comes into your life, one of the fruits of the Spirit of God is self-control. Why? Because He's in control of our lives. And so we have to ask that question, will I release control? Job had to take his hands off everything. He had to realize, I can't handle being God, not even for a day. And so he released control to God. A second question that you have to ask is this. Am I willing to change my attitude? Am I willing to change my attitude? When God shows up and Job has his day with God, his attitude completely changes. He basically says, God, I didn't know. I, I just, I didn't know. I'm putting my hand over my mouth. I've spoken about things I don't understand. 
Um, I've seen you, I've heard about you, but now I'm sorry, I'm just dust and ashes. That's Job. He changes his attitude. You know, it's kind of like when you're going down Highway 27 and you have all those lights and all of a sudden there's one turning yellow. I think I can make it. Nope, better not. But you make that split second, don't you? I mean, it's a split second that you make that decision. And then whenever you make that decision, you got to stick with it. If you're going to go, you go. And if you stop, you better stop. But you can't sort of yes, no, maybe. You've got to pick one. You and I have to do the same thing when it comes to attitude. We have to ask ourselves, am I willing to change my attitude? When God showed up, Job was willing to change his attitude. And that made all the difference in the world. Think about it. Job probably couldn't imagine praying for his friends after all the things that they had said to him. I mean, Bildad, the Shuhite, the, the number two friend, the middle speaker, he basically told Job, you can read it earlier in the book, maybe all this happened, Job, because your kids aren't right with God. Now, can you imagine somebody saying that to you? Uh, you lose a child and somebody goes, well, maybe that, I mean, that would hurt. That would be so, you know, that would sound so cruel. That was, that was his counsel. And so you can only imagine how Job would have felt when it came to uh, all these discussions with his friends. It wasn't easy. They said some things that were rude and crude and some of them hurt. And here is Job and God is saying, Job, I want you to pray for your friends. You know, that's the thing. Sometimes God asks us to do the things that maybe we don't want to do. Maybe he pushes us a little bit and says, you've got to do the right thing here. Whatever it is, but Job had to be willing to change his attitude. And he did. When God showed up, his attitude changed. And he realized when God said, you've got to pray for your friends, that he was willing to pray for his friends. And the Bible says that the Lord accepted Job's prayer. And then there's one more question. The first question is, will I release control to God? The second question, am I willing to change my attitude? And the third question is, do I believe God cares about me? You know, now this one, this, was a, this is a very pertinent question. When you go through what you're, whatever it is you're dealing with, do you, deep down in your heart and soul, believe that God loves you? Do you believe that He cares for you? Because sometimes it's a struggle. Henry Blackaby talked about this years ago. One of his, uh, he's got sons and one daughter, and his daughter, I believe, uh, you know, was dealing with cancer, and he was really wrestling with that. And he says what made it easy for him is he had seen so many times, you know, something bad happens to a family member, and people get upset with God. They blame God. Well, God doesn't love me, or He wouldn't let this happen. And he says, you know, I didn't go through that by the grace of God because of one thing. He said, I had made a decision when I was younger that I knew that God loved me. And I settled it when I looked at the cross. Jesus died for you and he died for me. You know, Romans 5, 8 says that God demonstrates his love for us. How? That, we, that Christ died for us, even while we were sinners. So even before we got saved, even before we came to know the Lord, God loved us so much, He sent His Son to die for you and me. And the fact that Jesus died on that cross, that demonstrates His love for you and I. It proves His love for, for you and me. 
And so for that reason, we can settle that issue. Do I believe God cares about me? You know, Job learned that God loved him, even though he never understood the tragedy. There again, I mentioned that a moment ago, but thinking about it again, Job never finds out in this story what really happened behind the scenes. The conversation between God and the devil, God doesn't disclose that. Why he went through what he went through, God never told him why. Now think about that. Some of us will get stuck in life because we get hurt, we get angry, we get frustrated. And why, why, why? You may not ever know. You have to be okay with that. You have to be okay with that. Job learned that he could get real with God when he released control, when he changed his attitude, and when he realized, I believe that God cares about me. And God blessed him doubly at the end of his life more than at the beginning of his life. Maybe it was a reward for passing the test. But whatever, God blessed Job and he was real in his life. This morning, you've got a decision to make. As you deal with the hurt and the pain in your life, and we've all been hurt at some time or another, how do you process the pain? How do you deal with it? How do you keep it from uh, discouraging you and ultimately defeating you? Well, you've got to get real with God. Get real with God. Ask yourself these questions to shift your mindset towards God. Are you trying to have the control? Then release that control. Do you need to change your attitude? Maybe your actions are right, but maybe your attitude is completely wrong. Let God show you that and be willing to do whatever He asks you to do. Maybe God's going to come to you and say, you know what I want you to do? I want you to pray for them. And whoever them is, it might be somebody that you don't even like. But he's saying, I want you to pray for them. And until you're willing to pray for them, God says, I can't bless you. Think about that. God did not bless Job until he had prayed for his friends who had hurt him, who had, you know, come to him and just pointed the finger at him. You're the problem, Job. Isn't it neat how God deals with all this? He deals with Job. He deals with his friends. He deals with the entire situation. That's why God is God. He's able to see through all of the hearts, all of the mask, and see exactly what the issues are and make a right judgment. That is our God. Maybe today you need to ask yourself, have I come into the presence of God? Am I willing to take my mask off? Or am I willing to let God read my mail? Am I willing to let him, you know, deal with my heart? And am I willing to change my attitude and do what he's telling me to do so that he can bless me? And do I believe that God cares about me? It's kind of neat the way this book ends because Job never finds out why all that happened in the first place. And you know what? That's the way we live our lives. You want to know why. You want to know why. And many times we never know why. And you have to be okay with that. You have to realize that he is God. 
you and I are not. But are we willing to surrender to him? Are we willing to obey him? Are we willing to love and trust him? If we'll do that, then he will work in our lives in such an unmistakable way. Look how, how, how blessed Job was in the end. He had more family. He had more possessions. And he had all these people around him. But God had to take him through a process. And he had to learn. And he had to grow. And so do we. Thanks for listening to this sermon podcast from Pleasant Hill Baptist Church. To learn more about the church, find out meeting times, or learn how to contact a pastor, please visit phbcsomerset.com.